this was rad. It's totally rad. Way rad. Fully rad. I should say that was gnarly. <laughs> All right, and this is another episode of This Was Rad. However, this is a special, uber interesting episode. This is a best of This Was Rad. I am Paul. I am Greg. I am Willow. All right, and uh, so Boom. this. <laughs> but, boom, <laughs> that's it. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> that's the podcast. That was the best of. That actually would be hilarious if our best of was four and four seconds long. <laughs> it was like, yep, here's our best of. Just download it. And we're done. All right, goodbye, everybody. That would be awesome. The, the best thing, we could, so the best thing we could do. The that's best right. we could put out is nothing. You're welcome, everybody. We're not wasting your time. <laughs> if you thought we weren't funny before, we have made sure. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Uh, if you've been waiting for us to get funny, you nope. you are listening. You're to the in trouble. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you right now. So, uh, so in this best of, what we're going to do is we're going to play some clips. A couple of these are actually called out by uh, some of our fans. Um, some of them are chosen by us. So I think it's going to be kind of interesting. Um, and the first one that I pulled out, if Greg, if you even remember this, this is so interesting. Going back and listening to the first podcast. Um, I actually had, I did go back cause I know you were doing this. I listened to like the first five. That's, that's what we're pulling clips from. Actually the right. first six with, um, okay. no holds barred. There is no opening song. There's no opening audio clip. Yep. It's just me awkwardly yeah. talking. Yeah. Just and talking. The most interesting thing that I found about the oh, first I couple know. podcasts. One second. Well, I got this. Th- Can I guess first? No. What? We are on the other side of the table. <laughs> Yeah. Were we? Yes. yes. I have no recollection of that. Wow. Well, technically, we're in the same seats, but no, my but, dad but was on the Paul was on the other seat. side. Yeah. No, no. I was in next to where you are, Willow. You and Greg were on the on the end. Wow. Um, we had, obviously, different mics. We were yep. using a four-port mixer at the time. That's Yeah, with, with the, old, uh, the old Yamaha that we had connected to that. Yep. That's right. Uh, no, no. It was my little... Oh, that was box. it. We didn't even have the other My one. A little four wow, input box. Man. Yeah. And called then we moved it. up to the Yamaha. Such a simpler time. <laughs> it was. I called uh, it. <laughs> however, what I noticed very in the first couple podcasts is I kept doing this. So, uh, this is, I was doing this weird, like, <laughs> setup, like, radio voice thing. And then you guys were just, like, kind of doing your thing. And I, as I'm listening, I'm like, what an ass I sound like. <laughs> I, I noticed that, like, I feel, I sound like I'm trying really hard to, like, say stuff. Like, that's, that's like, interesting. I don't know. I feel like I'm a lot more laid back now I, than I am with the... With so the what about me? What did I sound like? You, rarely you chime talk. in. I was going to say she chimes in more for the first couple. Uh, the second one, especially Ernest. Ernest, you're in, you're like every you other time in nonstop. And I was like, what happened to Willow? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you yeah have to start, I remember that. Yeah, you have to start chiming yeah, in more. Chime in more. I do. Uh, so anyway, um, I do. so this is then the... Then you guys take over. And well, then yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. like, bye. Okay, so let's not make this the episode. Okay, uh, So you don't, you don't want to talk to him about Aladdin <laughs> again for, for five or ten minutes? Tell you what, why don't we just go ahead, uh, let everybody listen to to our first... Our first opening track. All right. And this is the start of the very first podcast for This Was Rad, a podcast uh, by two friends, myself, Paul, and myself, Greg Moberg. And uh, we are going to be 
reliving <laughs> our our childhood in film, uh, looking back at all the movies that we thought were just the coolest thing ever, way back when. Uh, but to kind of twist it up a little bit, we we really wanted to see what would a what would a teenager today think of the same movie that we could not wait to see as kids. So we also have my daughter Willow who will be joining us. You got to say hi. You got to speak up, kiddo. Hi. That's better. Who also had some strong feelings about this movie? So, well, we didn't even explain what the first movie we decided to watch was. Oh man! So it was, it was the 1983 science fiction classic, Crawl, which um, I, I read for some trivia. Ooh. Was the um, such a failure? At the box office, it cost so much to make and made so little back, it killed the momentum that Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back had begun to um, open up. It kind of opened that door to science fiction fantasy again. And this movie, nobody wanted to touch anything like this ever again. Not the end of it. I can see that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, it, I can't even disagree. I think to start... This was rad. This was rad to us when we were kids. Was oh, it yeah. not? Oh, yeah. No, this was incredibly rad. I remember this movie. And I think like everybody, you remember the glaive. That which, was the first thing I wrote down. at all. It's not. No, not even close. No, no. It's a... Anyone who plays Dungeons and Dragons knows what a glaive it's, is. It's, it's a five-pointed chakra is really what it mm, is. Yeah. That's a large throwing star. It's anything but a glaive, really. It's a glorified skill saw, really, <laughs> for the majority of the film. Do you want to explain anything? Well, I think I think Paul and I should talk about what we remembered about this film when we were kids. So you'll kind of have kind of a uh, yeah, yeah. What stood out to us, to 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 young us? Um, I was one when this movie came out. I was born in '82, but it was always on HBO when I was a kid. I remember, I, I remember watching this movie a bunch of times, and it's and it's funny as I was as we ended up watching the movie. I suddenly, it, it dawned on me, I have seen the first two-thirds of that movie a dozen times. I don't even remember the ending. I know I've seen it before, but I couldn't remember it because everything be up until the ending was really cool. Like, Yeah, the ending on that movie, not so great. I'm the exact opposite. I don't think I had ever seen the first 20 minutes of this movie. Because it, now, and again, I'm going to jump around. I, I don't care. It, yeah, 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 you've yeah, either yeah. seen this movie or you haven't. At the end where she says, take this fire from my hand, I just thought that happened. <laughs> right. There, there's, there's a setup for that. <laughs> but like the movie had gone so off the rails at that point. Even like five-year-old me was just like, yep. Yep. Woman's got fire with no explanation as to where it came from. The, I'll tell you, the, the one that got me was the Cyclops. Like that... Like, in my memory, yep. he wasn't just, he wasn't like window dressing. He was the coolest oh, yeah. thing on that screen. And what I really remember, and this was a, this was a real mind bender when, when we watched it, was I always remember the Cyclops story, like how they lost their eye. Like, that was epic to me. I remember that scene yeah. being like, da, 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 this is how it happened. And it's and it's really not it, the person I thought said the speech didn't even actually tell the story. <laughs> I found I out surprised. that I combined this 
with Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> there were a lot of scenes I thought were in this movie that were not in this film. Um, and I don't know if the movie is better or worse for the fact that Conan the Destroyer is not in this film. <laughs> that was very apropos. As we come back, I, I'm going to see if that got picked up. Uh, you never know. Uh, we so had a little. There was. Uh, what's the next clip? Okay, so going into the next one. So the first movie, obviously, as we introduced, was Krull. What Man, a bad I really, choice. I, that was. I thought it was going to be so much better. I thought that was going to be the raddest movie ever. And the first thing that we, we quickly discovered was Corwin was the most apathetic hero he was ever in history. So, he was so one-note, it's ridiculous. I'm going to uh, be honest. I tried so hard, and I did forget that movie. You did you <laughs> To did live fine. in your happy world, Willow, <laughs> I applaud you. Well, it's so... Just going back and thinking about it, when he... Just his complete lack of when the guy falls with the kid through the crack. Oh yeah, no, could God, he just he, gives up? Well, that yeah, happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? Yep, totally. So, uh, why don't you guys go ahead and uh, listen to it right here? Now, Willa, you had some pretty strong thoughts just on the whole dynamic of of Corwin and and the princess there when we were watching it. Is it about how bad an actor uh, the main actor is? Yeah. And, uh, oh, that main guy, he was horrible. Yeah, he was. He was. He was th- this was the last movie he ever starred in. So uh, I'm not even surprised at that. Ken, yeah, Ken Marshall. Marshall. And, um, and Lisette Anthony. Like, really? Like, he, and he got over it in, like, one blank. Like, he was crying, and then he blinked, and then he's like, okay, I'm good now. Let's go fight. Like, oh, I, I guess jumping around. Like, his complete lack of empathy for anybody in this film, I that was my adult thought when I got to the end, was yeah. how quickly Colwyn, he completely, oh, look, my dad died. Eh, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> right? He gets to the end. Uh, the, the, um, the Cyclops, the Cyclops does not bat an eye. No, no. He's the first person to go, well, I tried, you know? Right. Then the, the floor starts closing in. A child. A child is stuck yes. down there with... with. Let's be honest. An incompetent uh, creepo yeah. of, a, of a character. Eh, whatevs, guys. we got things to do. That's pretty awesome. Hey, though. listen. I got the glaive. You don't. Who's really going to save people here? Yeah. Uh, now, I will say, one thing that was just as cool today as the first time was Ergo. The ma- the magnificent. Yeah, he was fantastic. His speech was just sh- wow. I even I wrote it down. Short of stature, tall in power, narrow of purpose, wide of vision. I was like, That's yep, writing still awesome. Played by the uh, guy who was the candy shop guy in Willy Wonka. That was before I found that out. I was like, you know what? He's like Willy Wonka. Like he, he looks like Steve Coogan. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah. But it's clearly not. Oh, well, it's interesting. Willow gave him a, a lovely title throughout the movie that, that kept getting me. Lord and then... Oh, was, Farquaad. Lord Farquaad. Yeah, the guy from Shrek, you know, with the bowl cut. And was really irritating. Yeah, so the whole time she's watching the movie, he would just be like, Oh, look, Lord Farquaad ma- messed up another magic trick. Yeah. Yeah, she, you got five pages of notes. Start. <laughs> yeah, start chiming in, man. 
I suppose it would be funnier if I actually played the clip for us. <laughs> oh, we takes so long. No, we time. don't have that time. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> no, no, nobody does. Uh, so the next clip here, uh, going, just trucking along here. Um, Greg, yes. I'm going to let you set this one up because this was your choice. Well, I noticed a really interesting trend in this film, uh, starting which is, which with is Mad, Max. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Which is that there was a lot of saxophone in this. So much saxophone. In fact, there's a man playing the saxophone. And um, I, I, I guess I want to applaud George Miller for his courage <laughs> into saying, you know what really ties this post-apocalyptic wasteland together? Saxophone. A blind Asian man playing the saxophone. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it symbolizes. My favorite part is when we hypothesize that he's simply following off camera the whole through through the whole whole movie, movie. scoring it like yes, like a troubadour. Yes, guys, he's sitting in a room on the couch. What can make this movie better? Comes up with the idea, boom! Right, I've got guns, fire, um, (laughs) Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson, crazy beard, uh, a plane, um, some sort of Lord of the Flies. What am I missing? What am I missing? And then he, he turns on the radio and he hears some of that sweet, sweet pop music in the 80s that all had the saxophone. Yep, that's it. Did they get like a letter in like 1989 <laughs> where they were like, no more sax, it's off, it's gone. Because it just like hard stops. <laughs> it comes it's, and goes. It, it's so weird. Well, that's the whole synth scene though. I mean, keyboard music is in everything. Like like that's Legend, true. we just we just recently yeah. did. That That's the sound of a lot of movies. It's yeah, it's crazy. true. It's true. Um, so why don't, we, why don't we go back and uh, listen to Mad Max Beyond Saxophone. Make sweet love to his lady. Yes. And, and they drop what could only be amounted to is a bucket load of guns. Yes. Um, yes. And then uh, Jane Cobb in uh, the Firefly movie Serenity also gives up a, an armament uh, when they... Uh, so when he's giving up his weapons, he's the only one. Everyone else with him gets to keep their guns, like fully seen. Oh well, he can't be trusted. Well, yeah, that's it's it's it, as those, a new those people are like I think they're like guards. So it's like you know, like the cops get guns type thing. Yeah. Again, I'm totally just guessing here. I don't know. I will say, uh, one of those guards, the, the guard with like who had like the like. Mannequin head behind mm-hmm. him. Oh, oh two head. Guy. I I just kept calling him Jim Norton. <laughs> he he, he kind of looks like like Jim Norton's like brother or cousin maybe. Mm-hmm. But now what did you kept calling him, Willow? The guy with the two heads with the the doll head on top. I just called him immortal. Oh yeah, immortal. Yes, because mm-hmm. he he got through car crashes. Explosions. Yep. Uh, yep. What didn't he go through? He got thrown off, um, thrown off like a high, uh, like uh, right off the wall. So right off the bat, he gets thrown off of Auntie's. Yep. Um, climbs back up. Uh, then he's practically strangled uh, in mm. in the pigs. Um, then he gets uh, thrown off a bridge. He gets hit by a car, he a gets, train. He gets covered mm. in like corn, like some kind of pig feed. Yeah, and they start to eat at him. And then, then they throw him in a bucket of pig uh, feces. Yes, yeah, that doesn't kill him. Yeah, he, he was. Yes, he was the Highlander of of of, of the backwoods of That's Australia. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know he kind of was. 
So we just went through that guy's whole scenes in in thirty seconds. That's good. Uh, <laughs> and, and you were so even, memorable. He's not even an interesting character. That's the thing. Like he's in. He, he, oh yeah, no. The only thing pointless. interesting is that he doesn't die. Yes. It's the only thing that's interesting about that guy. Now I will say. Why does he have the second head? Ah, cause it's the apocalypse, it's honey. It's just weird stuff. Um, yeah. I I will say the theme song to this movie. As soon as I heard it. You absolutely know that this was written in like the mid eighties. Oh like, yeah, hundred percent. Could not have been written any other time in history. Yeah. Um, also, to go along with that, there is a lot of saxophone music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. The movie. So I I believe the film should be retitled Mad Max Beyond Saxophone <laughs> <laughs> because yes. there is so, it's it's just like it seems very out of place. Well, no, they've got the, auntie's got the one saxophone player, and Which, he follows Max through the whole movie. He's <laughs> like a troubadour, <laughs> following it. him around. But he's invisible, don't <laughs> he's forget. He's slightly off scene in every, in every part of the film. Um, what they cut out was Max turning around, give me a beat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. Uh, uh, apparently, <laughs> that, that's a reference to the first Mad Max movie or something. Is it really? His wife or something plays saxophone, which I, I wish we were doing movies from the 70s because I would say we I don't should know watch that, that but um, yeah, okay, lots of saxophone, um, and so I, 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 have, I have this written down, I have, I have uh, so like a saxophone, more saxophone, even more saxophone, and then Mad Max Beyond Saxophone. I have, I have all of those written down. <laughs> Um, yeah, there was and a lot of I know there's more. There's more saxophone after that. Look at the end. It comes back again. Boom. <laughs> That's how we're going to do it. Yeah, the whole sure. Podcast. I'm fine with that. <laughs> after so, break silence. Yeah, we're back again. <laughs> Coming and... up talking about still Bad Max Beyond Saxophone. But, yes. Uh, a different scene. Yes. Uh, so, I, so this is one that I picked because not only do we talk about <laughs> the complete lack of care this this guy called pig killer has for his family uh, but we also get into um how um pinky there yes uh pinky in the brain goes from like this weird pseudo hybrid human guy into a suit wearing yes. train conductor yes yes he's wearing a three piece suit <laughs> like i i still don't grasp how that worked i don't know I wish I could remember if I called this rat or not. Right? Is that a phone? No. It might be mom's. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not me. Mm-hmm. Is it your tablet that always goes off during the day? It's probably. Oh. Oh. So they, they decide to free Master. They decide to free one of the prisoners who... Oh, Pig Killer. ...had talked a couple of times. Pig yep, Killer. Pig Killer. Yep. And then they, like, hop a train or something? I, well... The movie kind of starts to fall apart here. So there's a train in the center of the town. Which is apparently, like, responsible for running a lot of its power. I felt like... The, or it was part of the I, machinery. You know what I felt like is I... They never show it, but maybe the wheels are tied to pulleys. Yeah, it, it's it, it's doing something because they're really mad when it disappears. Yeah. Oh, we, oh, <laughs> they are super mad when that thing gets out. Yeah. Um. So so basically, uh, the uh, pig killer, uh, master, Max, and all the kids get on this this train car that is still on the tracks. Yes. Somehow. Yeah. And they take off. Yes. 
into the desert with no real plan, as far as I can tell. They don't even know where the tracks go. Yeah. It's just the tracks don't no. go here, so One we thing. should leave. One thing yeah. it's never that, that, that never never brought up, Pig Killer, it, earlier in the film, Max says something to the effect of, like, Pig Killer, because it's like it's like, ta- it's like literally, branded yes. on his chest. And he's like, oh, I had to feed the family. Uh, you know, oh, I got life in prison, but it's all right. Most people don't live past two or three years down here. So this guy's got a wife. He's got a kid. Mm-hmm. He busts out, not looking back. Adios, family. <laughs> I'm on a train out of town. Well, they're that close to the family. I felt like maybe he was going to go back. <laughs> that guy was never going back, Paul. Uh, no. no. I was not going. Keep nope. telling yourself that because he ain't going back. <laughs> Have fun. Uh, it's it's the parent in me. I like to think he you went like back. To, I like to think lots of things. Um, yes. Uh, so... Th- so they take the train, they break yes, out, I, and and I wrote what, down prisoner had to feed family, comma bails on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so one thing that I found really interesting that not only does does master go from villain to hero, he goes from <laughs> to leather bound midget to to yes, to well dressed. <laughs> A uh, conductor-looking yeah. sort of fellow on a train, and, he, and if you yeah. notice, he almost starts to speak in full sentences almost. as well. Yes, yes. Master would not like to go with you. Like, oh, suddenly you have an That's education. Very close. You're only a <laughs> couple of couple well, of letters off there, man. Throw a tie on him, and he's and he's and he's suddenly a professor. <laughs> <laughs> So, smartest person in town. <laughs> um, That's true. He's the smartest person in town. That's true. <laughs> And then um, you got a point there, Willow. Which uh, which leads into uh, uh, what? chase a chase which... in classic. Bring bring. <laughs> no, you can't come back into that. So we took a break. The greatest, uh, uh, as as we we've dubbed the the greatest song from everything we've done this year, the film The Wizard. I yeah, live by the I groove. Was very, I was very surprised and by that. What what does he do? When that's when that's going on, what are, what do those kids do when that song's that, playing? That is a they montage. call the Nintendo Power Hotline. Man, bring, I, bring. that's I, right. You see, Willow even set it up with the phone call, killing it. Willow, killing it, killing it, killing it. That boom. This might be better than a normal. <laughs> Thank <podcast>. you, Greg. <laughs> I know a setup when I see one. Bam, Willow, killing it. Okay then. Why don't we just get into it? Yep. Can't do any better. Just listen to this clip. Classic eighties music montages. Couldn't get enough of the montage in this movie. So much montage. Um which my favorite montage has to be, and this this is something you will never ever experience, Willow. Is this playing a game, getting to a section you didn't know how to get by, and no Google. No Yahoo. Yeah. Ninety nine cents per minute. Oh yeah. How do you calling. Cheat? You had to either own a Nintendo Power magazine if it was a Nintendo game, or you could call up a Nintendo uh, game counselor. Yes. You remember that scene were, in the movie where where the guy's got like all the binders and he's like, "Oh, what level are you on for Zelda?" Let me note that the, all those binders were empty, or they had two or three papers other than the ones he was physically holding. Just saying. Maybe they were yeah, in that's a of, that's you know, a con- moving over. Binders. That's a continuity issue more than yeah. I. Just <laughs> saying. Yeah, I, I think I called that line twice in my life. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yes. my parents let me call it twice. 
No, no, couldn't even do that. But then again, that that really yeah. shut down my whole. Why wouldn't they let you ask? Well, because it was it was like a it was like it, a thing. It, it was a dollar. You like it was a dollar a minute. Bucks. You had right. to pay to make calls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's On the true. Home phone? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, a landline. You don't even know what that is. <laughs> Isn't it those like really retro phones? Where you Retro. Pick it up and then you that's like a spin rotary the dial. phone. That's a rotary phone, and that's that's very close. Those ones where you spin the dial back and forth. Yeah, and it's tied to a line. You can't just walk away with it. Yeah, yeah. It was a. Uh, yeah, that that's that was a great scene for me. That I that really took me back to that to back then. Um, yeah. One one thing I have to say, talking about the music, there's a lot of pan flute in this movie. There was a lot. I, it just, I don't know, it just seemed really weird. It seemed like, especially like the scenes with Lucas, there was a lot of, like, old spaghetti western sounding mm-hmm. music. Uh, actually, the clip just before we came on with the uh, the power glove. Uh, it's got the, uh, it had the old... Yeah. It was just, yeah. like, really, like, I'm ten. I get it. This is intense. I don't need any more... Push pressure on me to enjoy this scene. He's got the power glove. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> oh man! Even a little power glove in there. A little Gotta power. Love the power glove. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Not this movie though. I don't remember this one was rad. For we me. gave Wizard rad. It was so rad. We said surprisingly rad. It, it was. However. It was also incredibly heart-wrenchingly sad as an adult. And I have to say, I think that's the reason that I said I liked it. Because yes. I was like, whoa, this, there's like real emotion going on in this movie. Yeah, I was like kind of, I was flippy-floppy on it at first. But then when it gets to the end, man, that kid with the scene and the place in the box and the dinosaur. Oh, yeah, no, it's heartbreaking. It's it, terrible. It's just awful, awful, awful scene. And then you set that next to Video Game Armageddon, the raddest thing on the face of the planet. <laughs> Which, by the way, I don't know... I don't know how the movie goes. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, the way the podcast went, it went from literally, as you're going to hear, Video Armageddon, like, 15 seconds of blabber into this heart-wrenching scene. I don't know what our pacing is on a podcast, but, man, I'm so glad it's not a movies. Uh, Willow, any thoughts on this? No. I just remember Box Dinosaur. So they, uh, they finally make it to... Uh... Oh, video yes. game Armageddon. Yes, which uh, they uh, just apparently there's no entry fee. No, it's um, just apparently you don't even have to pay to get yeah. into Universal Studios. Right, then. right. Um, and they well, were just what? Like, oh, oh, hey, no, do you want to go? Oh, I'm going to do this video game. Together? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I was absolutely the first time I saw Video Armageddon. Oh, I lost my mind. I was losing it, and then when I saw it again, I I felt like I was ten years old. I yeah. really did. Yeah. I was like, to be back in that moment would be fantastic. Oh, I would love to feel as happy as I did when I first saw this film. Yeah. That's, was, no, Video Game Armageddon was like the coolest thing in the world. It was it really a, awesome. To a kid. Uh, and that host, that guy's got to be on a list somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That guy was something not. First of all, he give was the poor crazy. guy a microphone. No, no. He got, he's, he's, he's got the thin tie. He, he just, that's he all yells. he needed. Just, you couldn't do any speech today without a microphone. I mean, how would you get the people's attention in the first place? Just say hey, and then all of a sudden everyone 
is quiet. Well, it's video game Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Video, it's video Armageddon. That's all you really need to know. Um. Uh, and then uh, I still, no one has ever given me a good excuse as to how he finds that that warp whistle. The what? How how Jimmy finds the warp whistle in Mario Three. Oh, jeez, um, yeah. He just finds it. Well, well, I mean. Maybe it was just the He's one. the wizard. No, That's all that matters. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we didn't touch on Jimmy too much. I mean, he. the end of the movie is heart-wrenching as an adult. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. This, this film, this film, this is actually something. I'm actually glad you brought this up. Okay. This film, I remember it being about a group of kids that want to go to get to video game Armageddon. Yep. Yep. And, and they do... And, and and I remember he wanted to go to the place where his family was. That, yeah, California. That, California. No, but, but there was a specific place. <laughs> no, he just says California the whole no, time. But, but, but yeah. Oh yeah, he wants he to get wants to, a specific to go to that place. one specific place. Yes. And so this film is like, um, you know, gambling mother who lost everything for her family. It has, um. Uh, uh, it has uh, divorced parents. Divorced parents. It has older brothers who are stealing cars and drinking. Uh, and yeah. and to top it all off, like that's not enough in a, a PG film for children. Jimmy's twin sister drowned, <laughs> quote, in front of him <laughs> yes. in a few feet of water. I can tell you when I was a kid... That totally buzzsawed nope. my head. I was like, oh, well, okay. I did not Where's get it. Mario 3 <laughs> I was walking. I was like, whoa. Yep. There's a lot going on in this movie. Yep. When they get to that final scene and uh, and and he goes up inside and, he, and he's putting the box there. Jennifer. Yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm cheering. I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah, no. This it's, is horrible. You know, it's, it's, it's seeing it now through the through the eyes of a parent. It's it's. Very different it was, film. It was, oh, totally different. Um, I didn't. It, and by the yeah. way, I didn't even see that coming. Like I knew the dinosaur. I knew they find the dinosaurs, and it's like they have yeah. this touching moment. But it was not as heavy as I remember as a kid. Yeah. The, well, that's and that's that's why I'm kind of in favor of this film. I was like, I, I remember it was, this it's being because you guys are parents. Because I didn't really care. I w- I will tell you a hundred percent, Willow. Yeah, it was a hundred percent because we're parents. Yeah, it it, yeah. it is. It is that um, that loss. But but I remember this being a lot more like nineteen eighties. Parents are dumb, like that. It and was, it, and it, for the most it, part, it was. It was, but but I thought that's all it was. You know, it, it, there was there was a lot going on. On a lighter okay. note, uh, Ernest goes to camp. Is it really? <laughs> we gotta get so dark in these next two clips. Well, I do. But that's yes, you if, do. If if anyone's noticed anything, my mo is looking very hard to find things that may not be there. <laughs> there is so much subcontext. You and Willow, I'm looking at these movies at 100 yeah. percent face value. Poor, poor, poor Paul, he's just trying to watch a movie and have a good time. And you have people like me and Willow is like, I know what this movie's really about. I'm so naive when I watch these movies. Yeah. There. Native Native American relations is really what this was. Oh, it's like right? when you're walking out like a scenery and then there's a big guy in front of you and so you just push him aside. <laughs> well, so so we're going to get into the Native Americans, but for now, uh, this first clip from Ernest Goes to Camp, uh, we talk about the SCBs, the Second Chance Boys, 
And of course, the <laughs> little like a disease. <laughs> Again, <laughs> we're gonna play the clip. Which, by the way, this clip also has our very first catchphrase: "Crop tops all around." All right. <laughs> Which was amazing at the time. Um, I always, I don't know if I ever told you, I actually always wanted to have a T-shirt that had us as stick figures wearing <laughs> shorts and crop tops that said TWR. Thank goodness it's a cartoon. Some people in shorts I do not want to see. <laughs> At first, I thought the movie was going to be about, okay, we're just trying to ex- accept the troubled boys and make them like, accept this way, like make them fit into the camp. But It did. It you're absolutely right. It feels like even it's though not they didn't wear be... the t-shirts like every other boy that went in there. No, they wear belly shirts. Yep. A lot of belly shirts. <laughs> Crop tops all around. <laughs> Crop tops all around. That would have been that would have been a better name for this film. Crop tops all around. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, let's, you preps. Let's, let's actually talk about. Let's, I, I would love to spend some time talking specifically about the. Oh, the Second Chance Boys. Let's let's call them yes, the SCB. Well, their CV. They yeah. were called the Last Chance Boys for, for a while. Oh, the la- okay. Well, well, I'm sticking like with SCB. SCB sounds Second good. Chance Boys. That sounds like a disease. <laughs> does kind of sound like scabies. It does. Does kind of sound, like, sound like code word for scabies. Swimming in a lake. Yeah. Uh, where? I'm know, sticking with it. Where's I'm, Vargas? I'm, uh, he got the. Yeah, the SCBs. SCBs. <laughs> yeah. No cure. He was wearing Don't a crop to top. That yeah. That's his problem. Came over from uh, Russia. That's what they didn't like in the 80s, Russia. Oh, yeah. Oh, the comics. Cold War. Yeah, yeah Cold War. It sending was, it was, dogs into outer space. That's what to, we were doing. I, I guess it's... They were sending people. I guess this is actually a great clip. I was about to say crop tops with SCBs I actually... in them. But I guess that's too close to Native American. I actually have, if you want to talk about what this film is, I believe this film is an allegory about U.S. and Native American relations, if you you (laughs) boil it down. But we'll we'll get to that That, later. That's pretty high-level thinking for this Um, movie. (laughs) You may be surprised, sir. (laughs) Madam. Please wow me. No, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it later. Um, So these, these, the SCB, the the may, they're either... They're orphans and in juvenile hall, from what I can tell. Yeah, it, it's not. The film isn't very clear. They're very. They're living in a, some sort of juvenile hall, which looks enormous. Yes. So uh, only seven of the boys get to go. The, of course, the worst, and they're all the friends. Worst, the worst offenders. <laughs> so somebody somewhere said, "What do we do with these kids? They're beyond redemption." Well, I know. Did, Let's reward know. them by by. Putting them in the general population <laughs> of normal kids who respond, I'd like why. to my dad, horrifically. They don't even give these kids a chance. That was, it was Every I, child no, is a I monster, a horrible monster. In this I know film. why they chose them. They don't want to deal with them anymore. That is probably <laughs> well, so, correct, so actually. That makes a lot of sense. My question. And, and even as a kid, it always struck me like, well, I mean, one point. Uh, Knives in this movie multiply. Um, I almost feel like it was a real prison, and they literally smuggled in the knives. Um, yeah, because it starts out with one switchblade, which pretty awesome. Switchblades are rad. Yeah, totally yeah, rad. They're, I'm going on they record. Are. They're yeah, rad. They're totally rad. But then another one shows up, and another one, and to the point where everyone really, at the end one. of the film. Everyone has they could a. Have sw- cut anybody that they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stab. Bye. <laughs> but my 
my thought, and even as a kid, I remember this. What, like, all of them seem bad. Like, they all have bad attitudes. Even Chubby Dude, he's got a bad attitude. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Where'd Chubby Guy who go? Did, who did Moose kill? That he ended up oh. in a juvenile hall. Oh, yes. One of yeah. the worst offenders. Because... He like seems pretty nice. He he's a sweet, a sweet kid. nice kid. He's he's the kid. They that... accidentally picked him. I feel like he got framed for a crime he didn't commit, and he's just too nice feel... to say he didn't do it. I feel like in this movie we don't see it, but he has a a tipping point where he oh. turns into Moose is going to have to cut a beat. Yeah, no, and... he went wrong along with the crowd. That's why the whole movie he's like, oh, sorry. Ernest, um, we're gonna give you this poison ivy. Sorry, bye. Gonna go run off the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is a bit of a follower. He, I mean, he is there, you know. There's... Fell in with a bad crowd. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but he He's the one I think that I most identified with as a young kid. Because he's not really that bad. He's kind of a nice yeah, kid. Yeah, he's, he's in a bad situation. I guess from a, a story-wise, he's, he's the in to that group. Because yeah. Unless you are one of those kids, and frankly, you wouldn't be watching this kind of movie. Uh, no, you'd be you'd be cutting a bee. Yeah, yeah, you'd be watching, you know, uh, RoboCop or something like that. Sweet, sweet Robo Jesus. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, he walks on water at one point in the film. I believe that's one. Why do you? Th- what that movie is about? Robotic Jesus. That's what that movie's about. We'll get into it later. That one. Yeah, that's on the list. Uh, yeah, so um, oh uh, the SCBs, funny as they were, aren't really what this movie's about. It's oh, about Ernest. Oh, my gosh. The, um, by the way, the movie I... Willow and I wanted to see, Ernest Goes to the Name. <laughs> you guys. By the way, and it, count, it, it came up a couple times. This next clip is the closest I got to the complete saga of, of Ernest going to the NOM. Um, I, I also, I did look to try and get the Indian Native American relations, but... You kind of like sprinkle that throughout the whole thing. Yeah, I it do. It was tough to I get do. the one. This one was great, uh, but I also kept in there. We did discuss poor Jim Barney's passing, um, who played Ernest. Um, he did the voice of Slinky, as you mentioned. Uh, it was very, it was How very did sad. Piggy. Um, and then you immediately oh. took us right back to, to the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what? Oh, now you're dictating when we cut to the clip? No, I'm <laughs> waiting for you to finish talking. I'm done talking. So I yep, boom. We haven't played the clip yet. I know, that's why we're doing the boom and love the clip. You're, you're ruining it. <laughs> I'm ruining you didn't it. have to talk after I, I said no, boom. I, I don't know. Let's just play the clip. Okay. Boom. Yeah, I, <laughs> I kept a running total of when he should have been in the hospital. But no, Ernest went to Nam. He went. He went to the Nam. He went I there. I don't. That's why he's so bulletproof that. and can practically take an explosion. No, he's just. He's. He's. Uh, he's seen some stuff, man. <laughs> I, I, he's too dim-witted to have possibly. That's survived. the Agent Orange. Just gets yeah. in his oh, head, man. I don't know. I don't he know. was probably like like a killing machine over there, <laughs> and. Uh, I think we've gone down and a then, dark road for, yeah. for what this film is. Well, you know, uh, you know, you know. I, I like to talk about what happened after the credits. Uh, the, I would like to talk about what happened before the credits for this film. <laughs> uh, yes. I would love to see Ernest goes to the Nam. I want to see that movie. <laughs> Kickstarter, get on that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. That, who who would play awesome. a young Jim Varney though? Who would have quiet um, intensity? Yeah, uh, we don't. You know, to, just to mention that we should. Dietrich say, Bader. 
Dietrich Bader. Oh, yes. he would be very good. Dietrich Bader, Ernest Goes to the Nam. Uh, we should say, uh, rest in peace, Jim Varney. Yes, uh, unfortunately. He, he, passed away. he passed away. He, passed he had away. lung Who's cancer. Yeah. Jim Varney played Ernest. Yeah. He passed away around passed 2000. Away, so. Uh, our not... younger uh, younger audience, if we do indeed have a younger audience, may remember him as the voice of the Slinky Dog from Toy Story. Oh, I love that Slinky yeah. Dog. I believe he was one and two, but he passed away before the yes. third film. Yes. If I have my, my dates right in a very bad room. but Well, yeah. to be fair, I don't think he did much in the third, so yeah. then again, that would make sense. But, uh, but in this film, after the Nam. Uh, he's lovable. He and 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 this is one of the does movies. everything to make these adult, kids love him. As an adult, this just this movie kind of made me sad. Ernest does nothing but try to just be nice to these kids, and they just are <laughs> horrific. They're hitting him in the face with a frying pan. They're they're giving him poison ivy. You know, Ernest is trying so hard uh, to wrap, like to they, be the buddy. They, they cover his eyes while he's driving. They wrap oh him in gauze and then pull the gauze off, which, by the way, I don't know where you get a gauze roll that big. But um, in either case, they the, spin him around. The tensile strength of that gauze was yes. unbelievable. Right? Uh, they pretty much find every reason possible uh, to to not like Ernest. But, but don't worry, uh, because the doctor comes in, gives her motherly stern talking to, yes. and they come around. Yeah. Um, including... Uh, the battle bus, which we mentioned at the beginning. Yes. Uh, the two kids who they have, the two blonde kids who they have been uh, ruckusing with the entire movie. Yes. Suddenly yes. come so around. Two preppy blondes. Who only really, I feel like, stuck around because the plot said to. It never really seems like they wanted cared? to help or cared. I uh, maybe in that moment we're supposed to, as the audience, feel that uh, maybe you know the just, greater yeah. enemy. That is the yeah. United States representative <laughs> to yeah. our land is is to unite the opposing Indian forces, Native American. I'm sorry, Native American forces to to attack the uh, the invaders. The foreign you put a invaders. much stronger militaristic view of, of this movie together. There's than, a lot to this. Than film. I would have thought. Yeah. Nam. That is a, just an easy that is a subplot I missed. Movie. Yeah. No. There's there's a lot going on here. A lot. Uh, I thought it was just a lighthearted comedic movie, but nope. The nuances, the subtle nuances. Okay, we're almost getting to the end here. Uh, we've only got a couple more clips left, um, but I thought this next one, uh, I listened to the entire Footloose podcast. I'm so sorry. There was you and me both, sister. Uh, <laughs> I'm <is> daughter? <laughs> okay, daughter. Uh, there's so little I could pull that was kind of... It was the podcast. I'm sorry, people. Was almost as interesting as the movie, um, but right at the beginning was a fantastic comparison of Footloose to Step Up, in which uh, even my wife chimed in. I actually I remember this was one of the first times. Well, no, Ernest made me laugh pretty hard, but this one was very very funny. And then of course we uh, we talked about Kenny Loggins. You couldn't not make a movie without Kenny. Well, that's a lot of dumb things. Kenny Loggins was in a lot of movies. <laughs> yes, he was. I can't wait till we get to Top Gun. Oh, you and me both. I have a lot to say about Top Gun. So here's Clip. Real At the dancing. very there's end, not... there's a little bit of dancing. Like, I preface a this very movie. very little bit of dancing. I preface this end. movie as, this is our step up. You know, f- to give it a, 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 sure. a real world analogy. And it's not. 
And it's not. It's not like that at all. It's um, not. Because Step Up, a film I've never seen and have no intention of seeing, actually has dancing in it, if uh, I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. So much dancing, it's ridiculousness. But that's not this movie at all. As a matter no. of fact, this movie has all the plot you'd expect in a Step Up. Yes. And none of the dancing. Right. <laughs> right. So it's the the worst of both. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. Now hold on. Now we we've, we've got a third party walking through the room who loves Step Up. Oh no 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 no! I'm not discouraging Step Up, but I'm saying if you have a plot that is thin, like Step Up, because Step Up isn't really about <laughs> plot. It's about dancing. It's not. It's not. Everybody could agree. It it's is about more dancing. about the dancing. So what if I told you? Oh, it's going to have the strength <laughs> of writing. That Step Up had, but but none of that dancing. <laughs> you know, you know what really carried that film? The plot, the dancing. Nobody cared about the dancing, nope. just the plot. I, but I, I do. Okay, feel... we'll compromise. Let's have thirty seconds of dancing. Great, we'll call it Footloose. I, There's a movie again. Thirty minutes of real dancing. I don't think that exists. Thirty seconds of real dancing. Yeah. So, uh, so first off, I want to. We got to start out with. Uh, the Kenny Loggins Footloose. It, it starts right uh, out. Which, by the way, immediately got me in the mood to, I'm going to enjoy this movie. Oh, I thought so, too. Because, I was come like, on, Kenny actually, Loggins. It's actually, it's actually a very good introduction to the to the movie. I mean, it you is. get, you, you know, with um, the, you know, it's a little on the nose, I suppose, with Footloose, and you're opening with feet of people, you know, dancing. Or good opening, by the way. I actually I, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Kenny Loggins, actually the the gold shoes you see in that introduction. Okay, that is Kenny Loggins himself. Did, did you not enjoy the the intro there, Willow? You gave a face. So Willow, what did you think of the opening? <laughs> it was okay, I guess. Like it was just a bunch of choreographed footwork, which is like the whole movie. So you know. Yeah, I I was kind of curious about leg warmers. Um, I was hoping uh, that. Uh, those would make a comeback. They kind of did. Yeah. Just like knitted in their more for like fashion. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I, I, like you'd wear so, them like with leggings and under boots. So. Only kind of show. So looking at the song, one thing that I noticed is um, I'm all for bringing back the hit song. Um, yeah. But they use this song um, when they go to the country western bar. Yep. They use it during uh, the montage. Yes. When they're making the dance ready, and then they use it as the outro, uh, to which I ended up writing, uh, Footloose is not a movie about dancing, it's a one-hit wonder band in which they play their hit song, do a couple others, play their hit song, do another one, hit song on the last one. Encore. What are we doing? <laughs> Our hit song. song. Much, much like the yep. the band uh, Europe would open and close with the final countdown. Yes, when they that toured. is exactly. Yeah. I felt like that was. Which, by the way, I kind of felt like really was the movie was just that song. Um, well, however, other good songs many in more there. montages. It, it this this oh, has to. There was a been, montage fest in this. movie. Yeah, this, yeah. this should have been called just montage the movie. Yeah. Um. First of all, this oh. had to have only been made because it was going to sell pop music at the time. Yes. I mean, there's there's not... For those of you who have never seen Footloose, here's the plot of the film. 
Kevin Bacon and his mom moved to a town where you can't dance or listen to rock music, and then You're Kevin done. Bacon <laughs> gets a dance on the outskirts of town. The end. Yeah. I, yeah, which in the middle there's cool in, for everyone. And in the middle is a book burning. Practically, <laughs> they just want to stop him Ned Flanders. It's going anywhere else. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, I gotta say, so it goes from this intro of, of feet yes. dancing yeah. to a uh what they Church. call what they call in the biz um, a sound bridge, which is you are hearing John Lithgow give his sermon while they are cutting to different aspects of the town, and then finally they cut to him giving his sermon. You, you're, you're hearing the sound from another scene, and it's connecting it, hence okay. the term yeah. Soundbridge, talking about obscene rock music. Yes, yes. The only rock oh, music no. we have heard is Footloose by Kenny Loggins. Yes. The obscene song, Footloose. Everyone must die. By shock it. rocker Kenny Loggins. The beginning uh, of this film is making no sense. I believe he was also up for album of the year when Ted Nugent won it over Metallica, if I'm not That's mistaken. That's probably 100% true. Yes. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> okay, again? Okay. Will is only chiming in now to start and stop the clips. Yep. No one can see you when you do that. Yeah, it's very bad, you know... It looked well, it looked good. I can't I can't even tell you. We should didn't. like make a video of us recording. I feel like we oh, should God, do that I and can't. then put it on YouTube. I don't think really the people funny. need to see that. No, we can't. That'd be kind of funny. No, I'd have to clean the house. <laughs> Same. Because yeah. okay. that'd make me clean the house. But what we did do oh. is uh, watch No Holds Barred. Yes, we did. And by the way, that Hello, movie Grandpa. is as rad as ever. Uh, no, I did not think so. No, I, I don't care what you think. Not well, come on. Then, if you say it's rad as ever, and I didn't think it was rad. I believe that's where we introduced the term cocaine fuel. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, this movie had everything. It had montages. It had. Oh man. Uh, it had a comeuppance. Oh yeah. Remember when we used to call out comeuppances? Yeah, all the we got to bring that back. There's I a, like the There's a lot of catchphrases I was noticing listening through that we don't use anymore. Um, but this one. Some of them for the good. <laughs> so this one was kind of. Um, kind of a compilation that was requested uh first we talk about willow comparing hulk hogan to my grand to my father and then we just uh man i had a lot of puns and i, oh, I had so much fun so many puns uh ending with the uh, mother of all uh, yeah i'm just gonna let the clip yep just let it speak for itself. itself uh and here we go nine years old watching hulk hogan on wwf kind of yeah. reminded me of someone you know <laughs> grandpa <laughs> yeah i always thought that my my father looked like Hulk Hogan. Oh. And then Willow, just like a quarter in the movie, and goes, is that Grandpa? Nice. <laughs> You'd be living in a mansion if that had been your grandpa. Well, well, no. Well, actually, no. No. It's, it's, we, I, I would have wrecked a Lamborghini by now. Yeah. You, you would have uh, done time in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there's a Lamborghini a outside, just saying. Would have had a failed singing <laughs> career. Um, yeah, but we would have owned a monkey for a month. So that's the that's the upside. I yeah, guess. that's true. We're um, a monkey. Can we own a tiger? No, no, we can't own a tiger. Oh, what a tiger! No, I uh, like white tigers. So getting you want to own a white tiger? Mm-hmm. Not just like oh a tiger. It's got to be a white tiger. Yeah, that's a very same, specific tiger. The mm-hmm. same tiger that uh, that almost uh, killed Siegfried or Roy. One of the two. They're interchangeable. Yeah. Well, well, it's black and white, and it's. A tiger. A penguin's black and white. Why don't you get a penguin? Yeah. Because they're not rare. White Zebras. tigers are rare. How many, how many people do you know that own penguins, Willow? 
A lot of them. Z- no, you don't. Yeah, they're all Z- stuffed animal penguins. You are not Mr. Popper. You do not own penguins. <laughs> That's right. You're not uh, even the Oz or okay, the we, Okay, we're so... Uh, okay, listen. We're going to get a count out if we don't get back in the ring. That's a good point. <laughs> Hulked out. out. Junkyard dog of a fight. He was almost down for a three count. Only don't make me body slam you. Uh, that French guy, he, he played a good heel to uh, to the waiter's baby face. Well, I, what I always wanted to know was was it a ten count choreographed as a uh, as a boot to the face or a clothesline would be in that situation he would have a razor blade in his sleeve. Oh, uh, she should have been uh, Coco. Beware of her surroundings. <laughs> Sit down. It's all wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I want a super cut of all of these in the episode. And that is it. That is the end of This Was Rad, Best Of, the first um, Best Of ever. Well, if we're starting from the beginning, I'd like to share memory. Memory time. It's like a photo album. We're at the end of the podcast. Now you want to start sharing memories? Because this is when I remember, I'm remembering Okay. when you guys told me that we were going to do a podcast. Oh, interesting. Okay. So let me just honestly start off by saying, when I heard it, I thought this was one of those, hey, let's do it, but never go through with the ideas. <laughs> just start off with, because I was walking into the living room, bag full of Dollar Tree stuff, happy as could be. <laughs> They're sitting in the living room, talking about old 80s movies, They're like, hey, want to do a podcast? And I'm like, sure, but they're never going to go through with it. <laughs> and then we're doing Kroll, and I'm regretting it even more. Well, yep. not only did we commit to it, uh, we have uh, we have a week, almost week. We try and do weekly. Uh, the new year, we're going to be a little bit more hardline on this if we really yeah. want to keep building it up. Uh, we've added equipment. We've upgraded. We've done a lot, Willow. I It's not going away anytime soon, that's for sure. And, you know, after we got over that whole crawl like bumpy road. <laughs> really hateful I started, crawl here. I started, that is one hell of a stopping block though. I huh? started to like accept it and I'm slightly more okay with it. They call that the hedonic treadmill. No, you're not. And I'm going to tell you why. Here's a little I don't like watching behind, the movie. Here's a little behind the scenes. This is the preempt but, uh this is the beginning of every movie viewing. Uh Willow, we have to watch a movie. Well, what is it? It's a movie from the 80s. <laughs> I gotta go to bed. I got school in the morning. <laughs> but it's it's three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I hate watching the movies. Don't get me wrong, but doing the podcast is fun. I'll well, give thank you. you. This is how you get to it. I, that, the only reason I actually watch sorry, the I movies. immediately went to well, tough. <laughs> too bad you still watch a movie. Thank you, Greg, for being yeah. a supportive fan. Yeah, you're like, well, thanks, well, I, yeah, I have fun doing this, too. I'm glad you feel the same way. Jeez. Yeah, they call that the hedonic treadmill, Willow, where it's no matter how good your life gets or how bad your life gets, you always have that kind of nagging feeling that you're unhappy. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. That's no why matter... it's called the treadmill. Right, exactly. Man, because your pace painful. is irrelevant. And on that happy note, I guess we're wrapping up. <laughs> 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 Maybe we should have just stopped after you complimented her. You know what? Let's end this on a happy note. I got myself a Batman mug. There. That she did. You know what? With Keurig I coffee. I can't think of anything greater in life than a Batman mug. 
with coffee, guys. Uh, you know what? Coffee's irrelevant. Just a nice Batman mug. That's it. I am Paul. I am Greg. And I was Willow. <laughs>